Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad Hafler here with my brothers Eric Dixon and Jeremy Duncan, and we are Lights at the Roundtable. In this podcast, we're going to discuss a wide variety of things, ranging from spirituality and the metaphysics of reality to the psychological struggles that we face on a daily basis. So, we hope you enjoy. We're grateful you're here, and welcome to the Roundtable. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad Hafler here with my brothers, Eric Dixon. Yo. And Jeremy Duncan. What's up? Episode 50. I know. We made it. One year. One year mark. This week, we'd like to welcome you back. Another wonderful episode. We are joined by a couple of our favorite guests from the past, David Nieves. Welcome, brother. Also, Paul. How's it going, guys? (laughs) Not Paul. Paul Pierce. <laughs> Pierce Ford joins us back for another episode as well. And uh, this week's going to be a good one. We're going to dive into a topic that's uh, a little taboo, you know, in society. Not a lot of people uh, engage in open talk about their sexual life and their sexual experience. So t- this evening, we're going to talk about sex and uh, all the things around that and, and what we've experienced growing up as teenage men and the pressure on teenagers and just all the stuff that we've experienced in that field. So uh, welcome back to another week at the Roundtable. Jeremy, Eric, how are you? Good day. I was good. Uh, yeah. Didn't really do anything today. Yeah. Just kind of uh, sat yeah, around the house, off. ran some errands. Day off today. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Just uh, enjoyed the day. Yeah. Went down, met some neighbors for the first time since uh, there's like, <clears throat> 12 kids in our neighborhood like four of them get off on colton's bus stop so went down and met this fucking michigan fan who lives down the street <laughs> <laughs> a rough week for that huh buckeyes lost <laughs> no he was he, we didn't talk about it at all even though i was wearing an Ohio state sweater he was actually <laughs> nice enough not to bring it up but uh, <clears throat> but yeah so i met some of the neighbors and then uh pretty, kids, pretty kids, cool guy yeah he seems like it yeah they uh they gave emma like this three hundred dollar LOL giant dollhouse. They just gave it to her. He was very happy Swear to get rid of it. Probably <laughs> this giant thing with all this furniture and dolls, and he was a fucking nuisance. Yeah, for him, like I imagine. Man, toys add up fast for me. Toys yeah. add up fast when when you got little ones. Man, I we got so how much many stuff. I actually acquired it, you know, and got rid of, and left, came and left the house. Yeah, thousands. Too many. But yeah, it was a good day for me. Good for you, brother. What's up? Eric, how was your day, man? Fire. Uh, yeah? Yeah, it was good. It started uh, early as usual, but today I got a um, I got an opportunity to talk to someone that lives in Germany. Um, someone that commented on an Instagram post of mine from a couple of mo- or about a month ago on some fasting results that I've gotten. And basically, it was like a really thoughtful comment. I used hashtags in order for him to like, I guess, find me. Yeah. 
And it was a very thoughtful comment, and I commented back, and um, we've just been chopping it up the last few weeks. Come to find out he's a mental health coach, and he does some nutritional stuff as well. And he was like, hey, you know, I see that you're in a good place, but, like, I would... I would like to, you know, maybe talk to you, give you some advice and tweaks on your nutrition to like help you optimize what you're trying to do. I was like, absolutely, man. Like I'm, I'm open to whatever. Let's do that. <clears throat> so we got on a call this morning. He is in Germany. And uh, so it was like six hours ahead. Yeah. So that would mean five my time. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you know, good, a good morning for him. He perfect. Yeah. He doesn't get up too early. <laughs> and, uh, we talked about it. it's funny, man, because it's it was such a good conversation where I feel like we can both help each other, right? But yeah, so we talked this morning, man, and it was a we talked for an hour. Um, but man, just like what a cool opportunity to be able to talk to somebody across the world that I've never talked to before ever, right? And wants to like give me advice. Yeah. That that was tremendous. And two of the first people I saw today asked me how my morning's been and I told them that exact story and they were like, what? (laughs) You you talked to somebody in Germany already this morning. Yep. Did you know him? Nope. Yeah. What'd you guys talk about? Positive shit. Yeah. And how to optimize yourself. Yeah. So, so what advice did he have for you as far as your fasting and whatnot? He didn't have any advice yet. It was more of a coaching program. Okay. It's really hard to give advice in nutrition. Yeah. Um, because these days the science has even proved that you have to have like uh like not you don't have to, but I'm saying this like that you they 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 take they bring it by blood type now. Like they take your blood and they find out what allergies you have, what causes inflammation. Yeah. I mean, to really maximize that, uh there's 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 some cool science about that, man. Yeah. yeah. You think you think he'll get you uh he'll get you to go do that? No. listen man i'm all about you you have to start somewhere you know and i don't i don't know much about this guy yet but i just um i feel like just like this podcast we've all started somewhere so so i so i got that from him yeah it's a good start yeah (laughs) you know for sure so so that's that's kind of that's kind of where we'll go but i want to do stuff like that to optimize nutrition and ultimately what I want to do, which is continue to run farther and harder than ever. Yeah. I think that was part of James's program as well. He dove into the, the different blood types and, and what yeah. food groups and, and what foods that really, really helped us optimize ourselves. So yeah. yeah. That's a good point, David. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways. That's, that's the latest. So it was a good conversation, man. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like his way of, of approaching, you're right, David, it is hard to, to package that kind of thing as well. Um, but his way of approaching, it really helped me understand how I could help somebody else with maybe some mental coaching later on. Yeah. Um, because I, I really feel like I could, I could bring that aspect to the table of what we learned from James's program. He talked about massive action. Yeah. He said massive action. And <laughs> right. I, I about shit my pants. I was like, yes, <laughs> there's that word. I love it. Yeah. Love it. But yeah, it was, it was good, man. So good day. Last few apartments. Um, uh, new project uh, I've been working on. Um, we started with 150 apartments. We're down to literally five apartments left. Um, 
so that'll be done in the next few weeks and then on to the next project boom yeah the big one the big one the big project man i checked out that video today that we talked about on the last episode that place looks incredible dude plus the historical value of it yeah and that's gonna bring in a lot of people my company is building or they're restoring this historical landmark in madisonville or i mean in um in norwood ohio it's where the u.s player card association like started the factory where the player cards were made and so we're building apartment units on top of like restoring that factory and bringing it back to the city there's going to be over 500 apartments a stage a brewery and events that happen all at this apartment complex like a whole community man. dude it's going to be wild so that'll be fun to lease out huh oh yeah be easy to sell (laughs) <laughs> just like now man it's just gonna be conversations all day long yeah it's great good for you man thank you good for you brother see you thank smiling you. man i yeah Thanks, pierce dude. how was your day brother i was pretty good yeah. i worked uh yeah i started a new job about two months ago and i'm uh, working at a hospital in st louis doing administrative work so it's not bad dude it's been two months now yeah yeah started uh july 6th you were talking about time flies earlier that's crazy man i feel like i just sent you like that text like dude because i know it was a long time coming man well deserved bro well i've I've been working hard to get myself back back on track and back to doing the things that i need to do and and the things that i want to do instead of just sitting around doing absolutely nothing yeah that's fucking exciting i love i've done that for too long you know five four or five years i did absolutely nothing and i i don't know how i did it so but i'm here now yeah and i'm doing good and starting a whole new routine and just trying to better myself and take any opportunity that i can and that's great that's great you know usually everything starts with a routine Mm -hmm. with a good routine you know that's 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 awesome man absolutely yeah he just uh it's tough man he recently started doing walks with his wife every night. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah we up, we uh, we walked about a mile last night, and we'll walk again tonight after the podcast, and probably do another mile, mile and a half, and just keep working our way up from there. And yeah, try That's to lose some weight. Man. There you go, man. Proud of you, man. It, it, Thank you. Sometimes the hardest part of of developing that routine is the first couple steps. So <laughs> so keep the ball rolling forward, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I trust me. I got her to keep me rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She don't. She don't. She makes sure I stick to what I'm saying. I'm gonna do. So that she's good. Nice. That sounds like a wonderful yeah. partner to have. Yeah, she yeah she's out. she's the best, man. That's Can't I? I couldn't ask for more, and I wouldn't even want to. So good for you, man. Absolutely, David. How was your day, my man? It was good, man. It was good. Can't no complaints. It was. Uh, I got to go to the gym. I didn't want to go though. So I, I want. I, I didn't want to go at all, man. It, it took me like thirty minutes to get out of the house. You know, put, put my clothes on. Yeah. And finally, uh, I did it. And I got there. It only worked out for thirty minutes, but I, I just like ever say, I got, I got it in, man. You were a little bit. I just yeah. still got it in. You know? That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I got a start. So, <laughs> so we did it. Uh, uh, so yeah, it, we had, had a good day. But you know, I was suppo- I'm supposed to be in Tulum. I uh, got to the airport uh, with my fiance and some friends, and 
I, uh, when I got there, I gave him my password. My password expired. Oh, man. And uh, I, everybody left. So I'm here and I'm, I'm heading to it. I'm still, still working. <laughs> <laughs> what a trade off. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, 14, that, 14 billion years just so you could be on the podcast. 14, now, so. that's it. 14 <laughs> billion years in the making. Right. Does that, that make that right. any easier to swallow? <laughs> I bet that was his first thought. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that, that, that quote always helps me like accept things. Okay, don't fight it, David. You know, don't yeah. fight it. Don't, don't, don't need to suffer for it now. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, uh, okay, so I got a question. Whose idea was to top? Uh, I think was, was, yeah, I think it what was, was the, what was the inspiration behind it? Uh, the inspiration behind it was a book by Jason Wilson called Cry Like a Man. Have you heard of it? I have not. I'm interested now. Man, what's, what's that book about? This guy is a beautiful man. So I learned about him through uh, Joe Rogan podcast. He was on recently. So he's a martial arts instructor. Um, he's been everything from like a DJ. He's an author. Um, he holds a couple other titles, but a beautiful man like teaching kids and men how to process their emotions instead of run from their emotions. In one of the chapters, he talks about um, being promiscuous. And that's something that I went through ever since I can remember, like thinking about sex to the up in time, you know, when I met my wife. So that's something that's always hit home for me. And then I read this book and he talked about it. And what's funny is, is that in the chapter he talks about, he says, being promiscuous is like never reading past the first page of a book. And immediately that made sense for me because lately, like I picked up on reading and that's a skill that I've acquired over the years. Like I never liked reading. And then I was promiscuous before I met my wife. So to me, that just like that connected the synapses. And I was like, we got, we got to talk about, we got to talk about sex. Like there's a lot of men going through that. Maybe they did go through that. I did. I know it wasn't right. I hurt a lot of people. I have guilt because of it. Like, it's just time to get that out. And it's not an easy conversation. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I feel like now's the time. It's a perfect topic for 50 in a year. Something tough, something difficult, something requires some vulnerability and openness and something that uh, having two guys on who have been on the show before and we think would be perfect to have the conversation with, it's kind of a perfect storm, so... Yeah, I, I was a straight up man or no, no joke. <laughs> so I feel you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game. I, I, I got to tell the truth here. Yeah. I was, it was, or it was bad too. Well, you're built like a like, Greek god. It's almost so. like, <laughs> it's almost like, but it's almost, it's, it, it really, it's like, it's like feel. Sometimes it's like filling an empty hole. Oh yeah. Uh, then you feel it for the moment, and uh, and again, the moment feels good, but then no afterwards, it's huh? like. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's uh, that's a good one. Uh, who, who was that? Was that G Chat? Yeah, that's a good one. Solid burn chat. Hey. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so what? So, what do we think creates that promiscuity within young men and and um, even older men? You know, what what do you guys think creates that? Well, me and uh, me and Pierce hit on it a little bit earlier today when we called or when we talked on the phone. But uh, I know for me, a big part of it and what I think might have contributed to just everyone in our generation is growing up with a fucking cell phone. Yeah. That ability to, to have it switch from, you know, having to find your dad's porn stash or, you know, get, get something from a friend that you yeah, can actually stumble across. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's in your fucking pocket, man. From, I mean, the first iPhone came Straight out up. probably what, when I was 18 or 19, 20, somewhere right around there. Yeah. So having full access to free porn 24 seven. Yeah. Like I, th- I think that so kind of changed so the game for por- everybody. Pornography plays into it. Then. Yeah, I, th- I mean, not it's not the sole contributing oh, factor, no, no, obviously. No, I but that. I mean, you know, you got the ego, you got the ego, and all the masculinity in high school with sports, and you know, getting pressured to lose your virginity that contributes. And then once you start yeah, exploring yeah. that, it's porn, and it's, it's it's also part of the monkey brain. You know that if you know that's what monkeys use for trade, right? Guy monkeys, straight up, they kidnap baby monkeys from girls and then and then they kind of signal hey you got to give it up she has to give it up to get the baby back mm. like really that's how crazy that. that's crazy <laughs> yeah. i know right oh, wow. fun fact <laughs> monkeys I, are assholes good thing we're <laughs> civilized good thing we've evolved from that huh <laughs> i think a lot of it has to do with your environment too yeah like definitely man who who your parents are and how they raise you and uh, who your friends are and what they do like 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 Jeremy was saying, it's all peer pressure, and it's all it's the. I think a lot a lot of it comes from the stigma too about sex. Yeah. Like, I mean, from I mean, from a very early age, I was. I remember sitting in the back of my mom's uh, Z whatever Camaro. I can't even remember what it is. I rock Camaro, just sitting there with the t tops down, listening to rap music about girls and they're bouncing their asses and shit like <laughs> big booty like what, what, what do you think is gonna happen i mean yeah especially with young men like young men are very impressionable very impressionable so i think i think a lot of that has to do with yeah like the environment and the the culture yeah around sure. sex yeah without a doubt so so i feel like our our culture is overly sexualized but we don't talk about it so we we don't process that that you know, in a healthy way, you know, right. And we create all these unrealistic expectations, especially like th- you talked about porno. It's like as a young kid growing up, like, especially as a young man, like you're a teenager, you haven't seen many other guys. God, you see that. And you're like, huh? so it creates that insecurity and man, it just creates so many insecure feelings with, within yourself when you're trying to learn about yourself and then society and, and TV and pornography is, Saying, "Oh, this is how sex is," and it's and then when you do really start far from that, <laughs> and when you do start talking about it, you're not actually talking about like the effect that it can have on you long term, or what yeah. what you're doing by being promiscuous, and the effect that can have on people. You're you're having conversations to try to one up the person next to you. Typically, when you're a teenager, it's, you right? Know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's lack of that's really lack of knowledge too, because mm-hmm. you know, there's a book called Think and Grow Rich. I talked about it before. One of the chapters is called uh, Sex Sex Transmutation. Uh, in 1915, Napoleon Hill to talk interview the 500 most successful people on this planet. And, and one of the, the he wrote 13 things they had in common. So one of the one of the principles was that they use sex in their favor. 
but they used it differently. It, 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 in that chapter, it talks about how they, they use the energy of sex to be successful in something in their lives. Mm. And, and, then, and then fast forward, I think this was in 2000, 2001, 2004. There's a, there's a guy, a great guy named Dr. John Gray. He wrote the book, Man of From Mars, Woman of Venus, mm-hmm. uh, in the 90s. And he, uh, he's brilliant, man. I, I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of his material. And he, um, and he talks about the science of testosterone in a man and how every time we ejaculate and we come, uh, we literally lose testosterone every time. And we lose zinc, too, in our body. We use uh, lithium, the different vitamins that we lose. This, this testosterone, the hormone, uh, is designed to give us energy. It's designed to keep us motivated. It's designed to keep us uh, uh, to keep us violetized and, and confidence and mm. everything. So, but when you have your high, good, healthy testosterone levels, uh, everything's good. In fact, everything's bad when you have bad testosterone levels. I mean, literally everything. Uh, Mood it, and everything. Every man, yeah, because it, it turns into estrogen at that point, and that's that's when men are very emotional. Uh, but but he, but the whole point behind this is that they did this. I mean, fighters have been doing this forever, where they don't have sex for two weeks because they build up their testosterone. And one right. of the things that uh, so to for a fight, and one of the things that you can teach a young man, and I, in my opinion, I, I wish I would have learned this. I say, hey, listen, you can use this as energy. You can use it to perform better in your life. You can use it to have you lack motivation. Uh, stop masturbating so fucking much and stop yeah. and stop throwing all that all that testosterone out of your body and sink and, and lithium that hormones that are designed to keep you motivated. That's why most men are, are fucking depressed and they get, they got a huge addic- addiction to porn. Yeah, uh, it's a big problem for for people like like we're talking about access access to a phone psh, makes sense. That 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 that, that kid has no discipline. That motherfucker is like already put in, putting in there, right. and then then it gets then it gets weird and weird, right? <laughs> because the same shit that turn on turned you turned you on doesn't turn you on uh, this year. So every year it gets more weird for people <laughs> for guys. Yeah, yeah you become right. you become desensitized to it. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Absolutely, and, and so shit, man. yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's some great points. And now joining us, James Pastor from uh, the jungles of Costa Rica. Welcome, brother. Thank you for joining us at the roundtable. And actually, you popped in at at a great time. And if I'm putting you on the spot right away, forgive me. But David was just talking about uh, sexual transmutation. Um, Do you know, do you have any wisdom and knowledge on um, transmuting that sexual energy and and retaining that that semen and, and transmuting it through your energy fields? Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. Um... I, that is something that I don't have a lot of experience with. Um, I would love to learn about that. And I would love to learn if anybody else knows more about that than myself. Um, The one thing I can touch base on that I've found, um, it's not kind of along the lines of what you're saying, but just within myself that I've, I've not necessarily holding semen or consciously working with that energy in a way that I'm trying to transmute the energy. Um, something that I've been learning over the last couple of years, just within myself is that this, that energy is the creation, right? It's the cr- creative energy because it's, 
that energy is to create it's a seed of life right so so for me um i live a very active uh creative life meaning i'm constantly building things i'm constantly planting things i'm constantly like creating and so when i i've started to notice that when i don't create physically like with my hands then that sexual energy can get kind of out of balance. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, the actual physical manifestation of creation, whether it's building, whether it's planting uh, in the ground, whether it's, it's the, that creative force has to be expressed for, my, for myself or I will get frustrated more i'll get more um uptight i'll get more like out of balance and so and and then that that can then be expressed uh, as a as a frustration with my partner or um even just a short fuse with people around me and i'd say within the last two years um it, it started to become more uh conscious for me that this is what was happening and so now when I start to notice that maybe I'm starting to have some of those tendencies, um, I'll check in and see, okay, so how else can you express that creative force? Because I have a lot of it. And so I guess when I was younger and I didn't know that it was expressed in a lot of different um sexual avenues or, or or ways that was like it had to get out and it had to get expressed and i wasn't physically creating and so since i'm getting old around the sensations and the feelings and the the energies within myself and how that manifests physically for me i've been starting to take note of that and so this is also, I mean, this is kind of hitting on that same thing is actually the, the first time in my life where there's been times where I don't, I haven't wanted or needed to be sexually active. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a huge thing for me because it's like from the complete opposite end of the spectrum before. And, and I really started to recognize that um, within the last year when I've been doing the biggest project of my life, I've been building this house. And so there was no more creative force. Right. It was like from morning until night, it was being used. And so we even had, we've had some talks within our relationship and it's like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't have any more juice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. That's that's a really beautiful perspective, and especially at least in in what I've experienced in society, men don't really look at sexual energy that way as a, an energy of creation and an energy that you can use to create in other ways than just uh, practicing making babies, right? So, so that's yeah, really and point. It's, it's because it's not educated in the schools. I mean, that's where you got to start. Or, or maybe even at home, right? But yeah. parents are not, they're not educated at me. But they see a source of school yeah. for, that we use for to educate kids. So that's not talked about, yeah. let alone acknowledge, you know? Yeah. So, but, but it's, uh, it's true. 
you can you can really use that energy uh and um it's uh, i wish someone would have taught me that early on yeah yeah absolutely man and it's so difficult because you know you talked about parents and i think that's really where it starts and i don't know about you guys but the birds and the bees talk never happened for me you know, no, the, the birds and the remember. bees were those dirty magazines what? that I found in my dad's room. And, you know, that was the birds and the bees to me. So you're absolutely right. It it starts at home and, and then be it should be reinforced in school with the actual educational side of it. You know, I think parents should probably sit down with their children and talk about uh, the emotional connection that is created and, and uh, really dive into the emotional aspect of the intimacy that is sex and how important that is and and how how sacred you should hold that because if you're just mixing your energy with all these random people you know being promiscuous uh, that can really just create emotional energy drains that you're not consciously aware of so you're you're leaking energy with all these people that you have uh, ties to that you have no clue consciously like man I'm feeling drained. Like, okay, well, maybe it's the four women you hooked up with last week that you never called back. You know, maybe it's that drain that you're experiencing that that really needs to be talked about within the home growing up. Like, hey, you know, sex is amazing, yes, and it feels amazing. But what's even more amazing is connecting on an emotional level. And, you know, you guys, I'm all absolute opposite of, of the promiscuity. Like, that was my brother. My little brother was a little man whore. You know, I, he was a freshman in high school and I was a senior and he was already talking about how he's been with 25 girls. I'm like, holy shit. You know, at that age, I was like, man, I'm, I need to step my game up. But it was, it was always such a, an emotional thing for me. And, and I had to feel that emotional connection or it was just so fucking awkward that I didn't even want to do it. Like I would start and then I would start thinking like, I don't even know this chick. Like, this, this is weird. <laughs> You it's know? where I was at, man. It's, it's funny to hear. I mean, it's not funny to hear, but it, it is funny. It's the irony of it. Yeah. But that's where I was at. I was never very promiscuous. Yeah. I, I was just thinking when you said four women in a week, I was like, I, I don't think I've ever fucked four women in a year. Yeah. And, like, and that's, not, that's was, not a bad thing, you know? And But society, especially as young men, it's like, man, fucking dork. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that, I think, that in itself, the judgment of other men and really just coming from insecurities within themselves. But it's like, man, why did we create that for ourselves? It's it's awesome that all three of us and, and you guys as well, like, that we had a, a little bit of, well, I did, a little bit of, like, like the feminine, feminine energy. And even though I didn't have a clue as to what that meant. So this is going to be a little bit of a, a hard story. I don't. I'm not sure if I've ever told anybody this story before, mm-hmm. but my first time having sex, I, I had a little bit of awesomeness to me, and here's why. So it wasn't all just play. In my head, again, I I didn't think like, I didn't go to this side, but there was like this inkling. I asked her if if I could take her bra off. And that to me was like chivalry. Yeah. And like I had, you know, like you see what I'm saying here? Like I had this mentality of like numbers and like football mentality. Like that's, that's how I grew up. Like girls everywhere and alcohol and booze and this, that, and the other. But somewhere inside of me, there was this like. There's a little bit of gentleman in there. There, there, was, a, there was some chivalry <laughs> there, you know? And that always stuck with me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but. 
So you could like, tell it tonight. I felt like I had to tell that story. There you go. No. First time, lights at the round table. I don't know. Here, here first. What did you I'm say? Find other areas, right? Hey, can I lick you there? <laughs> yes. Yes, and thank you is what is what she said. Like, she accepted it as, as like, chivalry. Like, thank you. Like, I see that you're just... Yeah, you're being conscious of her emotions and her... Her feelings like Thank you, you're Pierce. bringing her into this conversation that you want to have with her yes but you need to make sure she's on that level too yeah I, thank you Pierce. like bro, bro, they like to be acknowledged yeah nice bro and i had no clue just like we do yeah i mean just like just like men do i mean men like like to be acknowledged like we we like to know that we're doing a good job yeah like it's, it's something that's wired in our brain that like it's nice to hear hey you're kicking ass this week like keep it up like it's awesome to hear that kind of stuff. And I think that's another thing that I think isn't talked about as much in in this whole in the whole culture of of sex and everything like that. Like men men there's this big stigma around men and how they perceive sex and it's like I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I hear all these stories about how these men do these things and I'm just like well I don't know how he could do that. Like in my brain, like I, I just like, how could he, Yeah. you know, either taking advantage of somebody or, or, um, you know, sleeping with a bunch of women and then in a short amount of time and doing all these things, like I could never understand it. Yeah. And I think that might've been because of my upbringing. Like I seen my mom, like she, she didn't marry my dad. She had me when she was in high school and, then my brother's dad came along and then they were together for six years. And I seen that marriage develop and fall. Um, and then I seen the, my, her recent husband who she just divorced after 13 years. Like I seen a lot of negativity in their relationship and a lot of it revolved around sex. And it, it, of course I shouldn't have been involved in that, but, um, I heard a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? Like I heard a lot of the fighting and the arguing and, and just how negative and awful it was. Like I never wanted to experience that, especially when, when it came to sex, like I didn't want to experience that. You don't want to have your parents talking about sex in front of you. I mean, no, but like (laughs) sometimes you just don't get that option, you know, like it, it just happens. And I think that's another thing is like, we get this like stigma around our parents talking about sex. So it's like, we're trying to work through all of that with ourselves. We can't expect our parents to not talk about it. Yeah. You know, like I think, you know, my mom and I have a really good relationship and we do talk about those things, like maybe not into detail, right. you know, but we talk about it and how, how it makes me feel or how, how she's feeling about everything with her life. And like, that's good, man. I, I think that's really important and it might be, you know, weird, you know, like no. it, it seems weird to you, but or someone listening, you know, like it's not, yeah. you don't have to let it be weird. Yeah. It's, it's the, the people around you and the community and the world telling you that it's weird. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. I, I definitely think it's important to have that conversation and I think that was a driving force of us having it tonight, you know, that's a really yeah. beautiful perspective, brother. Yeah. The, the yeah. If you don't have the conversation, then that's where 
all the misinterpretation can can come up in the lack of education and misguided energy. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And you think about all the men, our our grandfathers and great grandfathers. They, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying my grandfather did it, but nah, it was a lot of stuff. That, there was a lot about a lot of that going on back then. You know, sleeping around and oh, just history. Very hush hush. The history of human beings. The history of sex. Mm-hmm. The history of human beings. Look at the Romans. Look mm-hmm. at the savages of people that uh, they would have multiple, multiple, multiple wives. You know, there's even the Jews, Solomon having three hundred wives, seven hundred concubines. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like uh, this is the history of human human beings, and and the reason people do it is simple because it's fun. Uh, it is that's that's what it is. <laughs> it's fun to have sex with multiple people, uh, and you know, like, and there's something in our brain that wants to like that newness, right? You yeah. that newness, and it's exciting in the beginning, right? It's what's called the honeymoon honeymoon effect, right? Everything's great for the first three months, and but after that, it's like, eh, you know, you start you start dropping your little guard down, and you know, little mistakes that you, typically you would not make. You stop opening the door, you know, you start doing things that <laughs> typically you did to to court them, right? Because yeah. you were more conscious about that shit. But uh, but that that but that it, it it's fun. That's what it is. Does, does it make it right? No, it does not. <laughs> does it make it? But it, because it's a temporary, it's a temporary solution to um, a. a a lack of um, a lack of awareness yeah. of what's really happening within you, right? Again, it's all about the. We go back to the monkey brain. We um, we just want to fucking rev around red lights, right? Like, like fucking, <laughs> uh, that's what um, <laughs> that's what Joe Rogan said. <laughs> uh, that's my rant. <laughs> so n- now that we're all older but, and. and- uh, most of us are married and have established relationships. What do you guys think are, are some of the main things that cause blockages uh, between a, a husband and wife or a, or, or a spouses uh, within their sexual relationships? I mean, the first thing that jumps to my mind for me is just what James was talking about. <clears throat> and it's not always necessarily the, the creative energy for, for me personally. It's just the life energy is drained so much now. Because of the testosterone, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, for for one, I'm on testosterone replacement therapy because my testosterone was so low. Right. But I think that part of that drainage was the the stress or the worries of everyday life, you know, and worrying about providing for kids and then the stress of being in a job that I didn't want to be in anymore. But And then, you know, put on top of that, going through the pandemic and losing my job. That was when we went and got tested and I was spending more time at home. So the... I would assume that the assumption would be we'll probably have more sex because he's home all the time. Yeah. But for a long period of time, we weren't because I just wasn't having those desires. So, yeah. And I think that. Yeah, because testosterone is built to doing shit. You got to go out there and do shit, work out, go hit, hit a goal. Testosterone was built for, um, uh, for, for the fact that in, in, in early evolution, uh, when we were hunting, every time, every time we had, we found, we found a clue to our prey as, as hunters and gatherers. It was a little bit of testosterone hit, a little bit of dopamine, a little bit of serotonin hitting, hitting our systems. And it's why we were able to go for miles and miles and miles. We weren't the fastest, but we can go, we can go long distance. And 
that's what that's what it was it was built for so when we're sitting at home doing nothing yeah bro i can i can i can, I can see like like yeah, yeah. I, I i can see it's, it's that state of where you would think you would you know would be different but it, it would yeah, yeah makes sense yeah you get psychologically into the the autopilot you know just continuously cycling through the mundane bullshit of the day-to-day life and then it just strains it i mean i, I wasn't doing the creative lifestyle i wasn't and i i I work in a creative field. I'm constantly creating, you know, there's new menus, new recipes, different foods. It's a constant state of creation. So I'm depleting that creative energy outside of the home. And then I'm also in a mental state that is not always the healthiest with not wanting to be doing that. And then worrying about the kids and worrying about all the day-to-day stuff, it was completely draining. So Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a big one. I, I think another big one, and it kind of ties into what David was saying uh, about sex being fun. It can be fun when you, I think the big thing we miss is a lot of people don't love themselves. And, and that's really where it starts. And uh, a lot of people are insecure about their bodies and, and how they look naked. And their performance. And, 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 yeah, and, and all these little things that, that don't really mean anything outside of your head yeah. that really bog us down because... Um, when you've hit the gym consistently and you've been working out and, and you see yourself naked getting in the shower, you're like, damn, you look good, man. Let's have some sex. Yep. You know, but, but if you haven't been doing shit and you, your dad bod's popping out and you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I don't want anybody to see me naked, you know, including yourself. Not like, even myself. You're kind of embarrassed. Like, man, I could do better. Mm-hmm. I could, I should do better for myself. So I, I think, you know, the state of uh, an obese society where what, that we live in, and not speaking about anybody in this circle, but it really the the insecurities and the the lack of self esteem I think is a huge blockage it, at least in my experience with um women and partners you know when you're with a confident woman sexually whew, it's like holy shit that's a that's a level I haven't experienced in a while. but if you're with a woman that's a little more insecure that's not feeling herself at the time. Uh, you can almost feel those blockages within your partners if you're aware enough of of the energy and how the energy is exchanged. That's that's so true, man. That is so true. Yeah. You you can you can definitely you can definitely feel it now. I second that. Hey guys, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, man. And uh, thanks for joining. Have to book out, but man, that this was fun. Absolutely, uh, I'm going to do it again. Yeah, thank we'll, you, bro. We'll have you back hey, on good luck soon. at your meeting, brother. See you, man. Thanks, man. See you, man. I um, <clears throat> I had a pretty interesting little conversation with Kayla last night, and it went something like this. So I think technology and maybe lack of, how do I put this, not knowledge, maybe it is knowledge, but the understanding of the human brain mm-hmm. and where and what testosterone or anything else does. So there was a she was showing me this workout that she's been doing Mm -hmm. and this girl it's a workout to get her butt bigger right and this girl that she was doing her workout she had a really nice butt i mean it was big it was nice she better if she's teaching it yeah so it was (laughs) listen so it was so nice this is where i'm going with this Mm -hmm. is that we were both feeling uncomfortable to say that yeah even just that like this girl even though you both knew even though we both knew (laughs) And that's why we were both looking at it, and I and she, and I was like, and we acknowledged it. I was like, yeah, that's like she's got a really nice butt, mm-hmm. and she was like, yeah, I want I want to look like that. I'm like, okay, 
I'm like, well, what, it, what is that? Like, what do, you, what do you think that is? She was like, I don't know. I was like, well, what I think it is, is when you see a woman like that, that has a butt like that, you think this girl, subliminally, you, could, you think this girl can take care of herself. She's healthy. Yeah. She's uh, vibrant. She's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Or she's ready to, um, help me out here, she's ready to um, produce. Birth a child. Yeah, yeah, birth a child. Thank so it's like you. it thank taps you. into that primal. Yeah, yeah, it taps into that primal sense. Right. Yes, thank you. Um, so that's what I think it is. I mean, same could maybe go for a woman who may see a man in a in a nice suit, which then could formulate into he could take care of security, my family right, right. and security. Makes sense. Yeah. So but let me ask you this: What do you think creates that blockage of couples making that statement of, "Hey, man." Insecurity. Insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all on the same page with that one then. Yeah. Insecurity and, and fear of, I mean, it goes back to insecurity, but just fear of losing that person. And it's like, yeah. if I lose that sexual attraction that we have, they're not going to stay. Yeah. So it's a little, I think just a little bit of fear and insecurity, even though they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. You just don't, you don't ever want to like make feel, someone feel small either. Yeah. And, and fear of, you know, your spouse looking at you and being like, Oh, so you wish I could look like that. Yeah. yeah but that there, judgment. But to me, that almost creates a, a second layer of, of miscommunication because if you both know it and you're not saying it, it's like, okay, well I know he thinks that. I think that's the biggest thing right there, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. It's communication. Yeah. Yeah. No sure. communication. I think that, I think that has a lot of effect on relationships failing in general. Yeah, absolutely. It's communication. 100%. 100%. I, I totally agree with that. And what, so do you, th- do you think the communication breakdown is, is from just insecurities or, or where do you think that's just solely talking about sex? That is like, why do you, do people openly share fantasy? Do you guys openly share fantasies with your wife? Do you, you know, cause fantasy plays a big thing and, and to, to keeping a sex life, uh, interesting i feel like moving forward you know exploring new options you know hey this is something that i would really enjoy could we try this you know this might be a little fucked up but i don't think i've ever thought about a fantasy like i don't have one outside and I've, i don't I've either told, yeah i see i've told Brittany the only fantasy i've ever had that i haven't fulfilled in my life is having a threesome yeah like that's it that's the only thing that i can think about that i've ever fantasized about i don't have any other sexual fantasies for me it's like you said, it, and it always has been. It's very much so just about the emotional connection and feeling connected to that person. Yeah. And as long as that feeling of connection and love and is that, if that's there, then I don't fantasize about anything else. Yeah. But, but the thing is like you, you can have all that and you can have that emotional security, like with your wife. I'm sure you have that intimately. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with creating fantasies and it doesn't, you know, it, I wasn't trying you. to say there's anything wrong with one. I'm right, just right. saying that I'm like speaking. right now I don't have one to express to her is right. all like, I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really yeah. dove into myself sexually like that to be like, what really would get me going type of thing. It's just, do you think that's part of sexual health? I, I mean, I have no doubt that it is. And I have yeah. no qualms with anybody who has definite, lined up fantasies or several of them yeah. i think that is healthy i think that you should explore your sexuality more uh, we just haven't yeah not to say we won't ever but what do you, what do you guys think do you guys think fan, uh fantasy is a 
an important part of of maintaining sexual health uh, within yourself, you know? What are you guys' thoughts? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty balanced. Um, And I, that's just something I haven't ever, I haven't really ever experienced. I'm, I'm, I've, uh, I was sitting here trying to think of like maybe in the past. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, I don't I guess, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like work through it. It's like, right. Is cause like, that's kind of like projecting, right. It is projecting. Oh, it absolutely so it's like is. projecting a future of, 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 of creating something in my mind that, um, that like could excite me or to, I would like to experience. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm, 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 it just takes away from what's good right now. Yeah. Like I, for me, I, I mean, I, my girlfriend, like I, uh, you know, soon to be wife. Like I just, I see other women, you know, I I, I look at, look at another woman and be like, Oh yeah, she's attractive, but I'm never like, damn. Yeah. I'd, I'd do some shit to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm right. never like that. You know but, what I'm saying? Like you, I have you caught your girlfriend, like, you know, bending over to pick something up and like that, that is a form of fantasy. Like, Hey, damn. Right. right. Maybe I see you. you right. Know, or, you know, well, like, and, hey. But it's see, for me, it's like, it stops with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, it, ex- you, I wasn't talking about going outside and no, fantasizing about other women. But. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying like, for me, like what she brings to the table f- is enough. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't need to fantasize about doing something crazy or doing something outside of the norm or whatever. And it's like, you know, if we decide to do that and we talk about it, and I think that's a big thing is we talk about it. Yeah. We will, we will talk about it until we both feel comfortable enough that either we do want to do it or we don't. Yeah. You know, I think it's communication, man. Yeah. Just talking. See, that's so interesting because the, and the reason I asked the question is because I saw a tech talk today with a sexual psychologist and he talks about, uh, he talked about the importance of, of fantasy and Mm -hmm. creating fantasies to, to keep relationships intimate. And one thing that really surprised me with the study was only 5% of the 1,500 people that they did the study on only 5% of them fantasized about somebody other than their partner. That that's pretty impressive. That's a lot of people. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, considering how many people are pretty promiscuous even still to the to I mean, nowadays like Right. Especially with hookup culture and, and the state of our our porn industry with is another thing billion that we, dollar industry. Another you know? thing that we talked about, man. You got So they You got this fucking phone in your hand. You swipe left, swipe right. You can find anybody anytime you want. True. Right? Whatever you're looking for in a in a partner, you can find. Yeah. yeah. And it's constantly accessible yeah and i think that attributes to the 52 percent divorce rate that we have in the, sure too, you know? and the ease of it all now <clears throat> yeah so easy yeah. it's become i think a big i think a big part at least just for me um a big part of getting to the point where i'm at now is that I had the opportunity to experience 
the world, anything and everything <laughs> that I that I wanted. Right. And so I there's no more. Like when I decided to get married, it was just like I was like, OK, cool, like I'm good. That's it. Like yeah. there's no there's no more like uh, searching, like searching. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what you would say. So, so but like what, what you what you say, Chad, like when you when it's like, you know, she's looking good and bent over. Of course, you're gonna be like, oh, yeah, right, right. damn. You know? I mean, that's a form of fantasy, right? Yeah. Yeah. But not like, hey, can you dress up like Winnie the Pooh? And, you know, like, <laughs> hey, that's weird. <laughs> hey, that's weird. <laughs> hey, dude, whatever, hey, whatever floats your boat. Right. <laughs> bring oh, a new ming- meaning to honey, huh? Come here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, what the fuck? Uh, see, I, maybe, maybe, okay, so this is interesting. Maybe the fact that I I haven't experienced the promiscuity in the in the lots of partners in in my life. Maybe that's, dude, I have a very strong like fantasy drive, you know, with my wife, like uh, school girl outfits and and nurse costume. You know, I, I really enjoy that. And another thing that kind of came to me when you guys were, were talking, like I don't do a lot of creating with my hands. So I have, my sex drive is, is uh, of an 18 year old still, you know, and, and plus like learning myself and, and learning my partner. I've been with her for eight years um, fantasy is a, a very big part of, of my sexual relationship, you know, and, and that's one thing Brittany and I share is a strong sexual connection because we could be fighting fiercely and get into the bedroom and transmute all of that through sexual intimacy, you know? And, um, I don't know. So that's, that's an interesting, interesting dynamic, like being promiscuous and then be like, well, I'm good with fantasies cause I've been with a lot of women. You know, I wonder if that, I don't know if it has any correlation, just kind of interesting. I'm sure it ties in a little bit. Yeah. I would have to. I think you you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. 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 (laughs) From some, from someone that's been on both sides. Right. Right. Do you, eh, I don't know. Do you think over time, of course, we're all still young, so none of us can really answer this from experience. Um, but you hear a lot of sexual intimacy dying over a 10, 20, 30 year relationship. Do you like, what, what do you guys think plays into that lack of communication, stress, all the things we've already talked about, or do you think there's anything more to that? I I think part of it is what we had just hit on. I think fantasy, like I said, is important. Yeah. And I think it's just, it doesn't even necessarily have to be fantasy. It can just go back to communication. It's yeah. got to be the willingness and openness to try yeah. something What's new. What's the difference between fantasy and trying something new then? Yeah, see, that's what I think fantasy is. Like Fantasy yeah, but can it, have, be very That's specific why I said or, fantasy is healthy, but it comes back to communication and keeping right. those channels open so yeah. that you can create new fantasies with your partner. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So if you're not expressing it, you might as well yeah. not have the fantasy. And maybe that's you know part of why I don't want to get into any kind of fantasy yet maybe that subconsciously has something to do with it it's like you know i want to to keep this going so let me block all that out for now until we have a reason to bring that out onto the table and communicate about it but what if you open that channel now and it you just kept it open you know i mean that's definitely an avenue that you can take i don't have any issues with that i just well i'm happy you know, right. with, with our sex life right now. So it's not an issue for me. And then to keep that going and to keep that interest there, I think that that's something that comes into play when you hit that spot for me, you know, from our relationship is, is when we hit that spot where it's kind of like, all right, we got to do something because 
yeah. this just isn't happening for us anymore. Like yeah. we have to put effort into it. Then, then let's do it right now. It's an effortless, effortless thing. You know, it's just when we feel it, we feel it and we act on it. That's what's up. Do you, do you guys, and this may be personal and none of you have to feel this question, but do you guys schedule sex, <laughs> sexy time or is it absolute spontaneous? Um, because I've heard both. It's a, it's a mixture of both for us, for sure. Yeah. With kids, it's it's a little yeah, more it has to be spontaneous from time to time. But <laughs> but it's a, I mean, we have this exact same schedule. We're off Monday, Tuesday night, so we kind of there you go. We kind of know that that's what those nights are reserved for. Do not for, disturb since she works the nights. Duncan household. <laughs> and then uh, when we can, other times, whenever kids are out doing something or early morning if they're still asleep. I mean, there you go. It, it can be spontaneous and. It's not ever really scheduled, but we know our schedule. So there we right. go. So subconsciously scheduled. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think for me, a lot of times we, when we get to a point where it's been a while because of stress and and being disconnected or or whatever it may be in our life, that's when we're like, hey, tomorrow night, no excuses. See you no, on the court. No escape routes. Like yeah. Like creating that space, like, okay, we haven't been intimate in a while. And, and that is really important to us. And we do transmute a lot of the bullshit that we go through together through those sexual experiences and, and letting those go and releasing and, and having those, that oxytocin and all that connection. It, it transmutes a lot. So I think scheduling time for, for you listeners could be a potential um, boost. You know, if you struggle to find the random times, like, oh, I'm not in the mood, I'm not in the mood. And, and there's then, a level of commitment with that too. I mean, for sure. And, and I, true. A, a level of fantasy. So for me, it's like building up to that time. It's like, okay, tomorrow night we're going to get it in. So that whole day I'm like mentally building up like, yeah, buddy, <laughs> yeah, buddy, daddy's home, you know? Yeah. And, and so that, that adds to the fantasy aspect of it. And, and it, for me, in my experience, it, it creates like a euphoric, really, uh, experience with with my wife so um i don't know it's something something you guys may find value in if you're listening and having a, a little bit of stalemate in your sex life scheduling time is is another possibility man i've definitely got to make time for yeah. it yeah absolutely man absolutely. if one part if one partner is out of balance it's like it starts with the communication you know, we go, we've gone up and down and through it. And it's, it's normally me like, Hey, you know, like we're kind of drifting apart again. We're kind of like, you know, we are super stressed. We're going through all this stuff. We're not treating each other as nice. We're not like as comforting as each other, as each other should need. And yeah. I can feel myself drifting, you know, and it's like, and I, I might not be as pleasant to be around and these kind of things. And, and, um, and so let's, let's bring it back in. Let's go on a date night. Let's, let's get, you know, it on, on the, on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think that's a really important thing that, that I struggle with sometimes is, is bringing the romance to it during those, those scheduled times, you know, um, for me in those times where we are out of touch and stuff, I, that aggression, you know, I tend to bring that into the bedroom and, you know, not that it's a, a bad thing, but so, there's been times where it's like, hey, can't you just be easy and make love to me? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Let <laughs> now that, that sexual you say frustration it, the, come out as frustration instead right, of right. intimate 
romantic. Exactly. Exactly. And that can create blockages within the sex because then she's like, well, that wasn't pleasant. That's (laughs) not what I wanted. Yeah. I I wanted to make love on our scheduled time. And I'm like, no, (laughs) been over the bed. (laughs) Um, No, (laughs) but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really enjoying this conversation though, because I think it's really important and, um, I think there's been a lot of valuable points brought up by by all of you guys. So, have any of you guys? Yeah, had you to... need a creative outlet. Yeah, yeah, I do. Have any of you guys uh, tried to do like the thirty days straight, ninety days straight, whatever of sex? No. Like there. Are... Oh, I Back... haven't having sex. Yeah, for thirty days straight. Like it, there was a study done. I don't remember what it was. Whatever it was, when I was with Chelsea, we were going through our divorce and. Like there were studies done that you can save, you could literally save your marriage by making sure that you guys are connected like that for 30 days straight. Oh. Or there were ways to force kind of the fantasies and to bring out that communication and to keep it fresh because you were exploring each other and committing to that. Mm -hmm. And then after, you know, 15, 16 days straight of it, you're kind of like, all right, if we're going to do this, we got to do something new. And it forces you to kind of bring out those fantasies. And then you bring a whole new connection to the relationship. Hmm. was the idea behind it from what yeah. I read, but I've never done it either. So I was curious yeah. if anybody had tried early, it. early on in our relationship, un, un, <laughs> unintentionally we did, you know, for the first couple of years we were together. Yeah, <laughs> Man, you know, one thing, Brittany was the first partner that I ever had that made me wait in a relationship. My Brittany too. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was something, you know, she always told me slow and steady wins the race. And I'm like, not, not my world. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, I, I, I spent my whole life jumping in head first to everything, you know, and I, I landed in some shallow puddles before, and, you know, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, she was, um, that really, really brought a, a level of appreciation for her because it showed me that she respected herself and, you know, she was coming out of a long relationship. So, um, that was, that was really special to me. And, I don't kind of random fact of my relationship, but it's pretty cool, man, because not a lot of people do that nowadays. It's like you hang out with a person for a week or two and it's like, Oh man, this person's pretty fucking awesome. You know, let's, let's see how they are in bed, you know, or even sooner than that. A lot of people hook up on the first dates. Yeah. So something I, re- something I really appreciate about her. I just want to say something that that was kind of funny that you yeah. said earlier. Um, said sexy time. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of the terms we like to use. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just media. I was like, yeah, that's funny. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good. <laughs> so you term it, you coin it, and then you have a connection. Sexy yeah. time. Yeah. Just say, like, hey, yeah. sex time later. Yeah, that's yeah. Like one of those. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Still, mm-hmm. that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, there's no no real schedule for for us over here. It's uh, it's kind of like when we feel it, we feel it. Yeah, and you guys, are, you guys are on the same it. schedule now, right? Too, you're saying similar. Yeah, schedule? for the first time in ever. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be different, and I'm in, I'm gonna enjoy it because I get to spend more time with her. I uh, she like I've known her since I was a kid like we we've been friends forever and any moment that i can spend with her is just it's a blessing so amen any chance i get i'm there 
chop everything what I'm doing. Hey guys, sorry, I gotta go. I gotta hang out with my girlfriend. <laughs> this is what it is. Like, good for you, man. Yeah, good for you. So to uh, switch gears a little bit, n- not out of the sexual field, but what is kind of a darker side of the sexual um, topic. But what do you guys think creates um, sexual predators in our society? I think some and of I know that that's can a be, super loaded question, but I think some of that can be attributed <clears throat> to the culture. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, not hundred percent of it, but hundred percent belief that it contributes. I mean. Yeah. Like we said, the the way that people are portrayed in movies now and the music that people listen to, the culture that's set up around it, the I mean it's it's something that's almost shoved in your face. You yeah, know? So, so, so if that's not handled properly and I mean you, you combine all of that together with your parents not being lots around of previous and, trauma. Yeah, or sexual trauma as a kid, You're, the way your parents handle the birds and the bees conversation or the lack thereof, yeah. arguing and fighting in front of the kids. And, you know, I meant to bring that up when Pierce talked about it. You know, I firmly believe that that can go one of two ways for people. And that can that can create kind of the mama's boy persona where you're going to be very protective and, and you could be more of a, an attentive, loving gentle person or you're going to fall down that path of oh well this is how my dad treats women this is what i'm going to do to women you know so and i think that it it's multiple things but a lot of it is just the culture that's around you yeah i 100 percent agree and some of it's i'm sure genetics possibly possibly could be yeah i 100 percent agree i like i was saying earlier just you know growing up and seeing the things that i did and experience and the things that I did it just like I never I never felt like that urge that these these the predators say they get you know whenever they they see a woman that they like or like go along with that fantasy thing like that they see somebody that lines up with their fantasy and they right. take advantage of that situation yeah like for me it was I could never I could never think about it yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the, you know, you, you, like I said earlier, he's like, you know, when I was younger, it's like, oh, I see a girl that I like. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like I would like to like do that. You know what I'm saying? But like, I'm never going to just going to walk up and just do it. You know, right, like right. I. I think a lot like like Jeremy was saying, I think a lot of it has to do with like how your father or your father figure treated your mother figure in your life. Excuse me. Like, I think it that plays a big correlation and how you are going to treat women as a man yeah. you know like if you see your your mom or your mother figure getting treated poorly like it's going to go one or two ways you're going to see say no nah, i'm not going to do that or that's exactly how i'm going to do that yeah like and it's it's sad that it the negative way still happens yeah. After, you know, with within the, you know, the last few years about, you know, mental health being such a big thing in people's everyday lives and people are talking about it more, like, how can you still have those urges to take advantage and hurt someone's psyche and possibly destroy their lives? Yeah. Like you, as a man, you... <laughs> we're the naturally we're protectors. Like we want to protect the people that we love, the things that are ours, you know, whatever. Um, 
And for you to just say, for you to just say, well, I'm going to take that. That's not right. Yeah. You're not, you're not a man. Like you think you are when you say those things or do those things. Like, right. You are, you, you're kind of weak because you have to use your strength to prey on people Yeah, yeah. or, or your manipulation skills when that, I mean, that, that would fall into your strength, right? There's people that can swindle you out of anything mm-hmm. if you're not careful, you know, and there are, there are women that will put themselves in bad situations, not meaningfully, but it'll happen. And unfortunately they get taken advantage of. Yeah. And it's horrible. It's it's absolutely horrible that it still happens to this day. Because I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. Um, no, you're good, brother. So my girlfriend, she uh, she went to LSU for uh, college, and while she was down there, she she was partying and hanging out with her friends and having a good time. It was just all women there, you know, no no big deal. And then all of a sudden, she lost her friends and she got roofied. Luckily, some you know girls that go to school there found her and was like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna help you and get get you to where you need to be with someone safe and that you know and all those things." Luckily, she was taken care of and not taken advantage of. You know, like I still have this like fear. You know, like whenever she goes, she just went to Texas for her mom's birthday, and like I was like, "Are you guys doing all right? Like everybody's safe?" Like, you know, I, I'm always constantly like. I I don't need to know where you're at because I don't trust you. I need to know where you're at because I need to make sure you're okay. You know, like I just, I want to protect you. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. I kind of rambled a little bit. No, you're good, brother. (laughs) James. Can I hit on it? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. man. So I totally agree with everything that uh, both you guys just said. Um, I'll just take it back like another notch from like the energetic side of it um and so if we look at the masculine energy as being that creative force all right um there's two polarities of all energy within this 3d matrix that we're running and so where on one side of the coin you have the protector you have the 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 energy of the person who is providing security and on the other end you have the the energy of the person who takes what they want so you have the knight and you have the thief for instance and so depending on and we all have the possibility of manifesting in on from one side or the other or a combination of both throughout our entire life and so what puts our energy into one side or the other is everything that you guys just hit on how we're raised uh, if we experienced any sort of traumas if we how we uh, view cultural norms and cultural um music and uh, and all of that that all that can all sway that energy to one side or the other and so um specifically talking about predators predators lack empathy 
Okay. Empathy and compassion are the only two emotions that separate the humans from the animals. Okay. Everything else is like, that's what makes us human is that we can express empathy and we can express compassion. And so when people have traumatic experiences, especially sexual traumatic experiences, they lose a piece of their humility, a piece of their, their humanity. They, they, they can, they can lose their compassion and their empathy. And so when you are running at the operating system that is lacking empathy and compassion, you take whatever the fuck you want because there's no, there's no remorse. There's no, um, it's like a wolf, you know, or a lion. It's not like the lion's feeling bad about eating the prey. It's like, I want to eat and I'm going to fucking eat. I'm built to eat. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think a lot, how for you and I, and all of us in this group, we're like, wow, we can't even imagine what that would be like because it's not in us because we have empathy and compassion and we haven't our energy within our root chakra our our foundation hasn't been completely blown off and and, and is that is far out of balance as um you know i i see everything in energy and i've had the opportunity to meet people from all different walks of life and the old world that i used to be involved in i saw guys who were very, very, very strong uh, root chakra energy, like tons of money, tons of ego, tons of everything, tons of coke, tons of women, tons of like everything that ex- that ex- exag- exaggerated that energy, exaggerated that ego, that that control. that drive, that control that that energy and these kind of guys would typically get themselves they weren't necessarily predators but they would get themselves into some sticky situations with women because they were running on that that take i just get i take i just get i just take i just get i just take energy and so and so all of us men have the ability to do that it's just how we are choosing our, how we're choosing to, to work through our life. Now, let's say that same person, that, that finance guy that's go, 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 and always jacked up, then has some sort of sexual trauma. He might, that might be the tipping point. Now he's just like a predator, you know? And it's like, it's, it's really paying attention to where our energy is and how we manifest our actions daily that can show us, are we swinging a little bit more to this side or are we swinging a little bit more to that side? And so, um, sorry, I know this is a bit long winded. No, you're um, good, brother. I think, I think that that's the, it's, it, it can start. A big with predators, it starts with trauma. It typically yeah, happens amen. something to happen to them mm-hmm. as a child, which made them lose their compassion or their empathy because it was taken from them. Right. That's the thing. You know, it's like it was actually removed yeah. because how could another human being 
do this to that to that to a child or you know to to someone and so that then not being able to have support within that growing up not being able to have good role models not being able to and then culturally it's like i know this is kind of fucked up to say but it's like culturally now you know this is my opinion movies music the, the access to porn all the stuff is actually like exaggerating everything mm. to the point that it's like okay we just need we know that if we put all this shit out there then you know we just need that one person that's traumatized and they'll go straight into it mm. or does that make sense like yeah, it's like almost like breeding like fucked up unbalanced human like, beings uh, in, imbalanced human beings yeah and so I was, I was curious, just talking about all that. Uh, I wanted to see if I could find any kind of numbers on it. And the only thing that I could find was a small uh, sample size of 348 people. It doesn't even say who did the actual study. But 348 men convicted of, convicted of some form of a sexual assault, 31% of the offenders had childhood sexual trauma. Oh, man. See, I feel like that's really low. Yeah, I do, too. Man, but so, but also, do you think those men lied? Some of them did. I mean, Still out of out of out of no, out of just shame and um, I'm sure not feeling like a man. You know, like they were like, "Oh no, that didn't happen to me. I'm I just take what I want." Blah blah blah. Like, well, it said in there, only three percent were like a, a forceful rape. So some of them it could have been as small even as you know, eighteen uh, year old having sex with a sixteen year old and the parents right. wanting to say something and then you're considered <laughs> a predator. So I mean, those numbers can be skewed in a lot of different ways. I was just curious to see what it looked like because I felt like it would have probably been a little bit higher. Yeah, I was expecting something in the forties, but you know my my experience with that working for a court system is almost all of the kids we get in for sexual charges. You know, you, you hear, at least in my experience, and I, you try so hard not to judge these kids because you don't know their backstory, but some of the shit you hear that they've done to to littler siblings or cousins, it's like, holy shit. Wow. And then you learn their backstory through their polygraphs and through all the stuff, and it's really just become normal in their life because their parents were doing it to them, and they don't, they literally don't know any better. Yeah. Like it's a, it's okay to to aggressively take from somebody because again I think that all plays in that down regulate down regulating those genes that that tell you like hey no that's not that's not okay yeah it's a generational it, trauma too and if it, that's what I was gonna say is that if it's not necessarily genetics it's generational trauma still being passed down yeah. and and it could be more than sexual abuse it could be mental it could be physical that Absolutely. also results in in sexual abuse right yeah or anything but james i think you hit a good point was uh you could reach that tipping point and then the boat goes under and then it's over wow. you know that's a that's a good point i liked how you look look at it as as energy because you know that's that's really the only explainable way is that if somebody got something taken from them, like their humility yeah the purity man too. yeah their yeah their innocence their everything the only thing that they that you can keep ever yeah got that taken away from you whatever it be that's the only way it makes sense yeah so <clears throat> i've seen it 
I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, you know, it's not necessarily that I was around predators, like I said, but I've seen guys want more, want more, want more, need more, need more, need more in all aspects of their life. And to everyone else, these are successful motherfuckers. Right. You know, these are, these are guys. And this is like, this is, this is, this is so many top CEOs. Right. That's what I was going to say. Because that's how you get there. And I think that's go, 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 go. Always striving, always striving, always being that alpha, being the top, being the top. But the way that the whole mechanism is actually created and set up is that you have to lose compassion and empathy mm-hmm. to some degree. Mm-hmm. You, you you to get to your to make your way to the top. And then these a lot of these guys I've seen that get to the top. And then it's like, you know, yachts with tons of hot model chicks and they're still just like doing the same shit. They don't know how to and turn then, that empathy back on. They had to turn And it's it like, dude, really? Is this like, this is what you want to be doing? Like still? <laughs> and I think that just ties right back into the culture. You know, we're, we're taught, especially as men at young ages to, have that drive, that ambition, go, 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 provide yeah, you for want your the money, family. Car, success, beautiful yeah, woman. You want to be able to put yourself in a situation where you can get the things that you want. And if part of that is a family, then you want to be able to provide for that family. So you're constantly in that state of go, 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 get what I want, figure out how to get there. The ends justify the means type of thing. And, you know, to, to James's point with the CEOs and a lot of the people you see in power with it, I don't you live that way for so long, just like it's hard to change anything else in your life when you've set yourself into certain patterns and routines. They can't turn the empathy back on. Patterns and routines, man. At one point in my life, all I cared about was gym tan laundry, GTL. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. I needed more of it all. Gym tan laundry. It's the way I live my life. Yep. <laughs> I'll still do laundry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we all still tan. do laundry. Right. Yeah. I still go to the gym. I don't tan much anymore. Yeah. Different lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> wow. Good stuff. Absolutely. Wonderful episode. It's a tough topic, you know, because, well, I don't have this problem because I don't worry about saying too much, but it makes a lot of people uncomfortable to to talk about, you know, taboo topics, you know, and uh, another thing I kind of wanted to bring up in our culture, the way I think we really do children a disservice, like especially coming through the courts, like we get a lot of kids charged with rape where it's like a, a 12 year old with a 12 year old neighbor girl and dad catches them, and now all of a sudden the 12-year-old boy is a sexual rapist in the eyes of a court system. And it's like, man, there was actually no trauma involved at all until an adult got involved and made it fucking weird. You know, it's like and it's kids the, explore their sexuality and their sexual parts. And, you know, it's those like, scenarios to me are some of the scariest because that 12-year-old girl who is still daddy's little girl very much so, yeah, she will completely dictate that 12 year old boy's future 
just based off of what she says. He made me do it. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, because she's scared she of dad. Wants, yeah, she wants to be the angel I still see that in dad's a lot, eyes, man. man. I see and that's, that a lot. That's terrible. It is. Terrible what that 12-year-old girl can do to that 12-year-old boy for the rest of his life. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Please. So I don't have kids. And so I, but I've thought of this because I've thought about like how it would be different if I, if I knew what I knew, what I know now then. Um, and so how, how do, how does, I guess this is for Chad and Jeremy, how, I was thinking about this earlier today, actually, because, um, I'm thinking about this call and something that I didn't even know existed until I know this sounds terrible, but I didn't even know existed until like a couple of years ago was the conversation around consent. What can and, you, and can you expand on that brother? Yeah. And so like we were never told to like talk through and ask and see like like i'm not saying ever like forced myself on someone but like like now there's a lot of conversation around consent and like checking in and like making sure like that it's that is consensual and like all of these words that i had never even experienced when i was 16 17 18 years old and so um i wanted to ask you guys since you guys are dads like how does that conversation go for you or or how if it has or how would you um and talk in a way that takes out the the taboo um but then also make sure that everyone's safe yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna let chad take this one first but we're gonna be able to offer two different perspectives most likely i'm assuming uh just because the age difference and our oldest I don't know if you've had the conversation with Aubrey yet, but I have not had the conversation yet. So I can kind of talk to what my fears are and what I want that conversation to be. And you might be able to present the, how you've had that conversation. Yeah. So Aubrey, Aubrey's 15. So we've had that conversation many of times. Um, not that conversation specifically, but just um, the birds and the bees talk and she gets uncomfortable with it, but it's so important. And we just talk about the emotional aspects of it and, and feeling like you can say no. And we've talked about that pressure. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, there, there's been some things that were very painful to hear as a father, you know, especially having a young daughter, you know, it, and it's kind of weird, like as men with a son and a daughter, like, I don't know if I'll receive my son's losing his virginity the same I did as my daughter losing her virginity. Um, which is another wow. I guess, probable I conversation Holy in shit. itself. Like that was painful to hear about my daughter, but it also opened that dialogue. It's like, okay, well, I'm glad you were open with me because that is what creates the, the healthy understanding. You know, a lot of people don't have that. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know, it, it's been important and, and you know, we, we had a conversation where there necessarily wasn't consent given, but it was kind of just like go with the flow. So that's a that's a really great question because it it's uh, something that Aubrey and I have talked about quite a bit with uh, her experience with with an ex of hers that was a, a little more forceful, not necessarily to the point of criminal, 
but to the point where it's like, no, 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 you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then it's like, okay, take, 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 you know? So, um, just having that conversation that we're having pretty much this exact conversation, man, my, my daughter and I are, are really open with, with the dialogue we have. So, you know, looking at why people do that, we talked about, you know, her ex's past, um, and his traumas that he's experienced and, you know, not to, to let him off the hook of the, the wrong things that he did, but helping her understand like, okay, well, you know, this is, this is probably where that's coming from, you know, mm -hmm. being did, right. Did she feel any type of, of guilt? Was it kind of like a removing the guilt from her type of thing? It's like, um, you know, of, of painting him in that light to, you know, and just like trying to make sure she knew you making sure she knew that she didn't have any part in that. Right. Because I think that's a big fear of mine is that if anything like that were to happen to my daughter, even if it's just on the edge like that, and it wasn't necessarily criminal, but right. that she doesn't feel guilty or responsible for, for how she behaved. Because a lot of people yeah. talk about now with the culture, how women dress, yeah. young girls dress, the way they present themselves. Yeah. That's a big fear of mine. Yeah. So so there was never any guilt. And, you know, I, I totally put the ball in her court. Like, hey, what what would you like to see moving forward? Hmm. You know, do you, do you want to... Do you want to let him know by going to the authorities that that's not okay? Yeah. And, and, you know, so for me, really putting um, the ball in her hands and saying, hey, these are our options. These are how we uh, address the traumas and we talk about them. You know, talk therapy is is so healing. And, and having that, creating that safe space for her to talk to um, is really, has been really important. So um, she decided not to take that route and she we talk about forgiveness, you know, how, how important forgiveness is not for, uh, the person that's hurt us, but so we can release those shackles ourselves. from ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, you, you didn't do anything wrong in that situation. And to carry that weight of that trauma it is very detrimental to your, to your own personal growth and your own yeah. sexual health in, in this, in this, um, specific incident. So just being authentic and, and transparent, like we are with this podcast, man, so, man, I really appreciate that conversation or that question, rather. Yeah, man, I think about it a lot. <clears throat> My daughter's 12 now. She just turned 12. This is the last year that she's not going to be a teenager. And I'm terrified of all the situations that she's going to be in now, especially because of where we are socially and culturally with sex and, and promiscuity and I, it being so forward and in everyone's face now. It feels almost like it's a joke. You know, a lot of people aren't taking it as serious because it's it's so socially acceptable now to be a sexual being. And I don't disagree with that, but it's put in the face of young kids who are still figuring themselves out and trying to figure out what they would want to experience and explore with that, that I think it puts them in a lot of awkward situations. So I'm very nervous about it. Um, my approach as far as what I want to do is very similar with what Chad talked about is transparency, authenticity, and and just making sure that those conversations happen. But when it comes to consent, I don't even think I've really considered it, like having that conversation, right. which is a good thing to have. So thanks for bringing that up, James, and putting even more on my plate for what I have to, <laughs> what I have to get across eating, in this brother. conversation. But um, yeah, I mean, that'll definitely now be part of it and making sure that she knows how to express that and how to acknowledge within herself whether or not it's a real consent you know and if there's any kind of reservations or doubt in her mind that she can 
bring those things to the forefront until she feels absolutely comfortable to give a hundred percent consent. And it's a, it's not a conversation I'm looking forward to, but it's one I know that I need to have sooner rather than later at this point in her life. I mean, like Chad just hit on, he sees 12 year olds through the court system. And, uh, I would never imagine that we had that conversation. when We first talked about this topic. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was always 16, 17, you know, you're getting, getting your license and getting that freedom was when it became a, a part of my life where it was like, all right, now it's time to go have some fun. Right. So to be thinking about it happening at her age, I know I need to have that conversation sooner rather than later. But Absolutely. So, so that kind of brings in another element of it. And now my daughter's getting ready to have her first homecoming. And she was looking at dresses and like, Dad, you know, I don't want you to see me in my dress because I <sighs> want to dress. She wa- you know, she wants to fit in. She wants yeah. to feel... Attractive. Like she looks good yeah. and she wants to feel like she's attractive and that she can have guys look at her. Not necessarily that she wants the attention, but you know, a young girl learning to express herself. And, you know, so I think also as a parent, it's also important not to squash that um, healthy sexual aspect of expressing yourself and loving yourself and, and uh, being proud of, of, who you are and what you are physically, you know? So, I mean, it's a, re- it's a really fine balance of, of being confident and just like anything, being confident and being uh, promiscuous, you know, or being out of balance with it. So, man, it's a, it's a really um, exciting. I find the difficult conversations exciting and that's why we're sitting at the round table, but um, yeah, it's a difficult conversation, but it's essential for, for parents to have with their kids and, we focused heavy on our daughters. Pierce, you do have a five-year-old son. You could speak I to do. her a little he's, bit. So. He's seven. Seven now. Jesus, man, seven. it's been too long. Time's going too fast. Dude, it's it's fine by, dude. I can barely keep up. Um, yeah, I haven't really come across that yet. Right. I, uh, he is seven. <laughs> I would hope not at seven. You know, yeah, he is seven, so um, I still I feel like I have a little bit of time left to still talk about it, but I don't want to wait too long. And yeah, I, I don't really know how I'm going to go about it. I, I, my mom did have the birds and bees talk with me and she explained everything to me. And, and for me, like my mom is a very like emotional person. So um, I gained a lot of that because I spent a lot of my time with her. Like I didn't spend a lot of time with my dad. He was always working and always gone. And, um, and the father figures that I did have around after my father, um, weren't always the best. So. Uh, they never really uh, cared too much to really have those conversations with me and um, talk about it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't, um, I feel like it's very different for a male. You know, you really have to, ex- I, 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 I'm in, in my brain, you have to teach them right away. Like if they say no, it's no. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's no, well, you know, can we talk? No, there's none of that. It's, if she, if she says no, or, you know, the person that you're with says no, that's it. Conversation stops right there unless they want to talk about it. And that, that's just how it goes, yeah. you know? And like, I feel like that's going to be one of my main, my main things because like, I, I don't have, I don't have a lot of um, interaction with my son as much as I want to um, due to the relationship I have with his mother. Um, So it's really hard for me to, 
I feel like in the even in the future, it's going to be very hard for me to have him like really understand where I'm coming from and really understand what I'm saying to him because he he doesn't get to see who I really am. So not you know, to, he, not to knock you off track, but just because no, it brought something to mind. Me and you are in a little bit different situation. Well, no, Chad, Aubrey's mom was not Brittany. So we're all kind of in the same thing. And this just kind of popped in my head. Um, It might have already happened for you, but are you scared that she's going to steal that conversation from you and put the wrong thoughts in his head? That she's not going to handle it the right way? Maybe not the wrong thoughts, but yeah, I don't... (sighs) I kind of know from just from hearing from you, obviously the kind of person that your ex is. So it was just something that I was curious. Yeah. And I I don't, I don't mean to talk shit, you know, like I, we, we are very different people and we come up, we came up from very different backgrounds and we look at things very differently. Um, But yeah, I am, I am kind of scared that she's going to take that away from me. Like I've, I missed a lot of my son's life and not, not because I wanted to, you know, partly because of the military and partly because of her, um, so it, it it is kind of tough for me because like I I might not get that opportunity and to be the first one to talk to him about it, but I'm gonna be damn sure that I do talk to him. Yeah, so she can't about it from you then. She and, and you know and she can tell him. Yeah, you know, I, I really hope that she steers him in the right direction and not with you know the predator attitude. Yeah, you know, I don't think she would because right, right. You know, she is a somewhat of a decent human being you know um, I, I don't i don't think that was the direction i was trying to get you to, to necessarily go with it was her specifically but as you hit on having other male role models in your life mm. the people that she you know from our conversations might be bringing your son around might not be the best people yeah i would be more uh, worried personally about what they would say to your son than i would be about your ex saying <laughs> yeah and um i it, it took some time after i so the man that she married is, you know, he has a past and, um, it did worry me, you know, I mean, it it does still, it still does worry me a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I've talked to him, I've, we've had conversations, we've had birthdays together. We've, we've talked and, uh, you know, the things that he may have been accused of, or, you know, things that happened in his previous relationship, like, I feel like uh, a lot of it was exaggerated and he is a decent man, you know, through all the, all the bullshit and all the things that we may feel about each other and stuff like that. I think he does a very good job of being Luke's Luke's stepdad. And, um, and that, that makes me happy. You know, I, I just, uh, there's just parts of parts of his life that I hope that that he learns now that he can let go later on. Sorry, I'm kind of thinking about things of like how he acts and like how he how he handles things even as a 7-year-old. He I feel like he's already starting to be a little manipulative. You know, I feel like children can be that way anyways, yeah, but sure. yeah, I think every child goes through a phase. Yeah, um but it um it scares me a little bit, you know, like it, it worries me that that's who he's going to grow up and act like is someone that manipulates people. And I, 
I'll be damned if my son is going to do that. You know, like it's very, it's, I, I like, I want to be there for that conversation. I want to have that conversation with them. Do I know how I'm going to go about it? Absolutely not. I was hoping Jeremy was going to say something <laughs> so I can get kind of an idea of what direction I should go because I was thinking the same exact question as soon as well, he asked, like, how do I have that conversation with my son? We'll you talk know, about if, it at some point because, yeah. so, you know, we can have that conversation around the same time. Right. So. I'm sure Chad will tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's as easy as what we're doing right now. You, you just have to ha- really, it starts with confidence within yourself. Yeah. Being able to open up and, and be authentic with your child. It's like, Hey, th- these are my experiences. This is what I see. This is what I know. It doesn't have to be your path, but you know, this, these are the possible outcomes of, of X, Y, Z, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. And, and just being authentic and, and raw with yourself is where pretty much all that conversation comes from, from this podcast show to talking to your children. Um, I, I think it's along the same lines of, of just being raw with, with who you are and, and your experiences, you know, because ultimately your children's experiences are going to be completely different than yours, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so, so just being authentic, I think is, is the key to a lot of, a lot of hard conversations Yeah, because, and, and for me also explaining to my daughter, it's like, Hey, I may be an adult, but I'm learning life just like you. So let's have open dialogue so we can learn from each other. Yeah. You know, and not necessarily yeah. just on the sexual topic, but uh, creating that open dialogue to learn from each other is huge and not taking that like, I'm your parent. This is what I say goes, you know, that's that's a huge thing that I think cripples a lot of adults and parents. And, and I mean, that was how them. we grew up. We've talked about this before, kind of right? Yeah. A lot of our generation was kind of do it my way. Or the highway. Why do I have to do this? Because yeah. I said so. It's yeah. like, that's a bullshit answer. Yeah. Like, so for me, I, I really tried to explain my my processes to my children uh no matter what it is and and like hey this is why i'm making you do this or this is why you should do this or um so just just being and talking to him like a human and not necessarily a child Mm -hmm. all the time you know it's okay we're we're learning from each other you know you may be four but teach me a lot about myself yeah technology culture life doesn't stop just because you become an adult so right still learning yeah I think I want to just hit on what Chad just said a little bit more. Um, I don't have kids, but I have a lot of kids in my life, I'm an uncle to a lot of kids. And something that I've I've realized um, recently is is just, and and I think this is this is this is something that maybe not a, not all parents do, but the good ones that I've seen tend to do is is just giving the kid the 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 understanding of what maybe some of the consequences of the actions are yeah and it's like it's not like hey like for instance okay i'm the cool uncle like i got a pellet gun and i got a bow and arrow and i got slingshots and i got we tools and we do cool stuff and so we do some stuff that their parents may or may not like let them do by themselves right but they let them do it with me because i'm the uncle and so i'm the responsible one and so i tell the two boys regularly like hey guys if you want to use the pellet gun you have to show me that you're mature enough and that you're old enough to do this like i'm not your parent i'm not your mom or dad 
I'm your friend and I'm your responsible uncle. And so if you want to do this, then you have to remember the rules and you have to remember how we do this as as mature individuals. You know, you don't point it at each other. You keep the safe on. It stays pointed down to the ground. We don't mess around, you know, all the rules. And so they they get that. And so, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, um, I caught one of them, the older brother, sh- shooting the slingshot, like, pretty close to his brother. And I was like, dude, you just, that's it. You lost it. I told you, you lost it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it doesn't matter that you're older than he is. Mm-hmm. He's more responsible than you. And so then I sat him down and I said, listen, I'm not being, and I'm not trying to be mean. If you shoot him in the face and it hits him in the eye, he will not be able to see for the rest of his life. You know, like, and the, and I saw this like light bulb go off and it was like, Oh shit. He doesn't even know that future. Yeah. You know, I know that future because I've experienced this, you know, I haven't set somebody's eye shot out, but like I've experienced the consequences of not following the rules or not, you know? And so that was something that I was, I've been working with them a lot on. It's like, okay, guys, like I'm not telling you this just because I'm an ass. I'm telling you this because I want you to have a good experience doing this, but here is the consequence of the action. If you go against what we're saying, Mm -hmm. not just the consequence that you don't get to use the pellet gun anymore, but like you could actually hurt someone. And this is why we have this rule. And this is why like, the the other thing is like i teach them with knives so like there's all these rules around knives you don't run with a knife and you don't hold the knife by the 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 end and you don't cut towards yourself and all this stuff so there's now asking like well why don't we cut towards us and it's like well because look if you slip you're gonna shove that knife into your stomach Mm -hmm. they're like oh that makes sense and so i i have a friend who's a single mom and I've been working with her boys on like consequences. Mm -hmm. And so they get it, you know, if you just tell them, no, don't do that because I said, so it's like, okay, whatever. But if it's like, oh no, we don't run with the scissors because when we trip, we fall on them and they go into our chest, (laughs) (laughs) right? They get it. Right. And so I think that that's that even tying that back into the conversation around um, around sex is like, here are the consequences. Like if you force yourself on someone, you you can be in trouble or you could hurt them or you could have, you know, there are consequences to that. And especially for men and for little boys, like when that sexual energy gets going, it's, it's a powerful force. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if a boy hasn't had those conversations or may like, it might just have that energy going in so much that it's like, it's a little forcing. And so they could, could get themselves into a lot of sticky situations and so i think that 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 then comes back to just actually having the conversation around the consequences and that's what chad was saying about like having an open dialogue and and expressing in a way that it's like 
actual actually having an understanding not just a telling hey this is how it is it's like do you understand that do you understand what i'm saying and like how this could affect you if you choose this this route does that make sense yeah, yeah absolutely makes complete sense man absolutely yeah. I, I feel like that's not only great advice for kids but fucking great everybody. advice for everybody man yeah, like everybody. everybody can relate to the consequences well, especially in today's world where everything is so now, 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 and everybody wants, everybody's so focused on the instant and yeah, everything man. being so instantaneous, I don't think that they're really thinking about the long term, you know, like what it could do for the rest of their life. They're only worried about what it's going to do for them or to them right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we all need to be thinking about that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little perspective. <laughs> you know, going back to the parenting thing, I think it's, it's we've become you know at least in in my limited perspective of how i see people parents it's become so dictating instead of teaching and guiding you know and i think that's kind of what james and i were talking about is is not dictating because dictating is like hey go do this because i said mm-hmm. it's like that's like i don't see it as much i don't think no no I, th- I think a lot of the parents that i talk to have made that shift and i think that's why i brought it up is i think that's how a lot of us grew up yeah you know, I think that that there are still parents who definitely do it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I think that we are shifting away from that, and I think that's part of the shift that we want to and think we're seeing humanity go through. Yeah. Is that there is a lot more explanation going on and a lot more talking to your kids like they're adults instead of children, yeah. and a lot more trying to get them to understand the long term effects yeah. of their decisions. I, I think there's a lot more of that happening. I, I hope so. You know. I, one thing for me, working for a juvenile courts, I kind of get jaded and kind of get like a. Uh, a You're seeing so, the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a not so great sample size of how parents actually parent their children. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that definitely plays into into it. But man, it, it's so important to not live vicariously and, and dictate your child's life, but keep that open dialogue and like, hey, this is what I experienced. This is it's how a lot of people view it. You know, I don't know, man. It's a fun conversation. Yep. <laughs> right now, the 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 whole sexual energy that we're talking about is is it's we're we're all being called to to get it in balance and get it in harmony, mm-hmm. um, and 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 to really remember how sacred it is because it's how we bring in. Um, I mean, it's how we bring in new beings, you know, it's, it's actually the connection with source. Yeah. It's like, it really is the energy that brings source energy in. Right. And Grounds so into this reality ground, literally yeah. like plants it into this reality. And so right now it is very important for all of us to make sure that we keep our our seed pure and keep it um, functioning and 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 flowing in a in a in a very um, capable way because it is really important to bring in the new frequency that's coming in through these kids, mm-hmm. and so we are the guides of that and the protectors of that and. Um, you know, it's really interesting to look at, like, if you look at history, 
sure there was advancements up until like industrial revolution, but it was like small advancements, like in the long periods of time. And within the last two generations, we have, you know, we've gone from, from like most, a large majority of parents three generations ago being abusive and having no emotional maturity and the ability to communicate with children and like all of this to now where we actually have the option and the, and the, the perspective to have conscious conversations around how the importance of this actual energy fuck did nobody told me there was a sexual energy right right you guys keep talking about the birds and the bees i was told don't get anyone pregnant until you're <laughs> ready period right and it might even been in there like it'll ruin your life if you're not ready yeah, yeah. and so there was like zero education around that right not, not and it was no there was no concept that this is the the force of that's bringing in source energy. Like there was none of that. It was like fun. Like he, like, uh, what was the guy's name? David, David, Daniel, David, David, David was saying. And so we're, we're going from that animalistic, uh, primal program to one that is conscious and aware. And so, the way that we communicate to the next generation is only going to advance that so much further. And so the, the little beings, I'm sure you guys know this, that are coming in now are fucking advanced. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then being given to parents that are doing the work and are aware and are conscious of all the things that they're um bringing into their lives is really setting the tone and fostering um this this uh the space for the this new frequency to be birthed and uh as men that's really what our role is here now is uh one to uh, protect and secure and hold space for the birthing of this new frequency Amen. Sounds like a good, good closing statement right there. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really powerful, man. Really Beautiful. powerful. <clears throat> so, does does any of anybody else have any closing statements? I'm not following Episode that. Episode fifty, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> oh man, what a pleasure! What a pleasure, Pierce James, joining us another week at the round table. We always appreciate you guys coming on the show and, and sharing, sharing your light, you know, and, and your unique lights and, and you, they're beautiful. So thank both of you thank beautiful you men for, for joining us. Episode 50, uh, one, one year, year, one year anniversary for the, for the round table. So it's a really special episode. Big congrats to you guys. You guys. Yeah, congrats. Amazing you guys. human beings. And uh, I love you all. We love you too. For real. From the bottom of my heart, you guys are, you guys are great. For real. So, so proud of you guys. Staying with it. Staying consistent. Taking 
massive, massive fucking action. action. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> James, you missed it, but Eric told a story about another gentleman talking about massive action, and he, he talked about how that was part of your program. Yep. Someone he had never met before. <laughs> yep. So you have to go back and, and nice. tune into the beginning of the episode when we release it. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah. All of you, thanks for letting me in. Sorry I was late. Thanks, guys. No, hey, you're, of course. You're we're always here. welcome, brother. Always welcome. All of you listeners out there still with us, thank you so much. We are so grateful for all of you. And, man, what a powerful conversation. And we hope you all enjoyed and we hope you all uh, found some value in it in your lives and, and maybe a little bit different perspective that can help shift some paradigms within uh, blockages that you may have. So we love you all, James Pierce. We love you guys. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. See you guys. See you. Ciao.